Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK who's up very late. <laughs> and me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from Canada who has the benefit of four, being four hours earlier than you. <laughs> yeah, so we're currently recording, for me, just coming up to quarter past midnight um, on the day after now, the first semi-final for Eurovision 2021. Uh, because I've just watched the press conference, that finished later than planned, um, as these things happen, tend to... as tends to happen i can't talk it's very late for me <laughs> it's an exciting day <laughs> so exciting anyway that's your first ever live eurovision semi-final did you enjoy it yeah i really enjoyed it and i don't know why that uh, the viewing experience felt so different for me because um in any eurovision that i have watched i did not know the outcome ahead of time um you know for the most part uh i mean abba i'm you know, I had a good guess. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I don't know why it felt like such uh, a different viewing experience, but it did. Like, I was really excited to see the results. Um, I did not um, listen to the songs ahead of time. I did go in fresh as I normally do and experienced it all for the first time in the show. But I just like, I, I, I like I felt the excitement in a way that I, you know, didn't necessarily uh, experience quite so much when I was watching past seasons because I knew that I was experiencing it with everyone else for the first time as well. I loved it. So fun. It's so fun. And yeah, for me, obviously, I've heard these songs many a time. <laughs> I've been listening to these songs since I think Albania. They came out in, I think, December last year. Oh, yeah. that <laughs> Very end of December. They So I've, I've heard some of these songs for, you know, about five months now. Um, so I think Albania and then Lithuania, the group, were the first two to be confirmed, I feel. I think that's right. I might be wrong. Um, so yeah, all of the songs are very familiar for me. Um, but I think today, because I think we should treat this like a DNQ file episode, as well as talking about the overall vibe of the semi-final. Sure. We can talk about that. And the things that we found different, because we were watching different streams. I was watching the BBC broadcast. Whilst you were watching the YouTube the YouTube broadcast um, from the Eurovision Song Contest uh, YouTube channel, that's right. So yes. we had some differences there. Uh, so I think we should start we should start by talking about the actual show show itself. Um, so obviously we opened with Duncan Lawrence, uh, who won with Arcade in twenty nineteen. Yes, uh, with his new song, which I didn't enjoy that much. I've got to be honest, but I like the staging. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so I was just a couple of minutes late uh, joining because I was having some technical issues on the live stream. So I only caught the last, um, you know, little bit of this performance. But from what I caught, I will say that it did not uh, grab me the way that Arcade did. Um, so I would agree, although I will go back and give it a full listen um, after the show. It was good, however, to see the um, augmented reality in action. So he was surrounded by like lasery looking red boxes around him. That was pretty mm. cool. I liked that. It was good to see how, what we're doing with the augmented reality. Um, 
but yeah, um, that was nice. Uh, you know, seeing like the new technology being utilized. I enjoyed that, even if I didn't enjoy the song. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought in general, like the um, the staging, the technology, the like classic Eurovision tropes were in full effect. We had a lot of like fog machines and stuff. So you're right. It got started with a bang right from the beginning. And I thought that it was really high quality stage production throughout. Really good. Uh, one thing I want to know is how did you feel about like the overall atmosphere? Because we've, talk- we've talked about before, you know, it going from school recital to night at the symphony to just a massive party. Now, obviously, there's restrictions. They've got a limited audience, 20% of the capacity of the venue, three three and a half thousand people, all seated. And then the artists in their bubbles in the green room right in front of the stage. How did that feel for you? I honestly was very impressed with how little I noticed. Um, it felt to me like uh, the same... Eurovision vibe that the uh, past more more contemporary Eurovisions have felt for me. It felt like a party. It felt high energy. It did not feel like that auditorium was uh, at 20% capacity. It felt like there were a lot of people there. I was actually quite surprised at how many people there looked to be in the stands. Um, I thought it I, I thought it was done like almost seamlessly, really. They did so well. Uh, So I don't know if the uh, broadcast you were watching mentioned it, but ours did. So basically, um, Eurovision Song Contest 2021 is a field lab event where they're sort of testing people. So people before they attend need to have a negative uh, rapid COVID test uh, Mm -hmm. within 24 hours of them attending. And there's no social distancing required because they're sort of testing, you know, is there a spike in transmission? Uh, following this event so they'll be following up that with people um, so that's why they can get away with no social distancing with the audience so it didn't feel too bad for me it felt okay they're seated because you know we know things are different at the moment yeah there's no sort of big party with people licking each other's faces right <laughs> uh, you know the usual sort of madness um, it did feel a little tamer but they did a really good job of hiding that yeah, I agree. I mean, like, uh, it, it clearly uh, had had some differences, but I it did not impact my viewing experience at all. No. Uh, so I mentioned there as well, differences in the broadcasts. So uh, we, we were messaging on um, Facebook because I was saying, what are you watching at the moment? When I was watching um, the BBC team um, do a parody of a, it's a, procedural cop drama not even procedural it's about so in the uk there's a program called line of duty i don't watch it but it's about uh bent coppers who were like you know doing dodgy i don't know the details i don't watch it sarah uh, watches it all the time <laughs> um and i know loads of people who do watch it but it's about like you know uh you know corrupt corruption in the police force basically and right. then sort of digging it out so we had that um, at one point where the rest of Europe was watching what Eurovision themselves had to offer. Um, now, for me, the sketch was funny. I enjoyed it, even though I don't watch Line of Duty. I'm aware of it because it's so big. Sarah, as I say, Sarah watches it. Friends watch it. I'm aware of some of the memes. It was funny. But for me, I would have liked it to have been like additional sort of online content released by the BBC just to promote the, the, the you know, our artist internally inside the UK. 
mm-hmm. you know, for for something to sort of watch in between Eurovision. So tomorrow, basically, it was something I could watch tomorrow just for like five minutes as a giggle. Uh, but we didn't get that. So what what was it that you were watching? So I actually think that um, that ours seemed like a little bit more on topic. Um, so what we were watching was a segment where past winners of Eurovision. So they went all the way back to um, I think it was like 1960s, I think was like the oldest that they went back. But they had winners from the 60s, from the 70s, from the 80s. And they had them in present day looking back at clips of their own performance, their own win, and then talking about how Eurovision has impacted them and how winning Eurovision has changed their lives. And so, you know, they said that, uh, you know, even now they get phone calls at this time of year. They always know that (laughs) this time of year is going to be... uh, one where there's um, reminiscing and, you know, it was just like, it was actually like, it got me in the feels. I thought it was, you know, emotionally impactful. I I really enjoyed it. Like, I... That sounds so sweet. And uh, It was really sweet. We we did have a returning uh, winner. So, um, back in 1970-something, I don't know the year off the top of my head. It's late. I'm not going to even try figuring it out or try to remember it. But uh, the UK won with an artist called Books Fizz and a song called Making Your Mind Up. And they invited Cheryl Baker uh, to come on and open her no Eurovision knowledge mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> she claimed, so she was asked what she thought, and she claimed three things. She claimed that Katerina from uh, the Ukraine's act, Goe, was pitchy. She also predicted that Russia and Lithuania would not make the grand final. I wrong, mean, what are these wrong, hot takes? Wrong, wrong, wrong. wrong. <laughs> like, just because you don't like it, Cheryl, doesn't mean, A, they're not going to make it, and two, that she's pitchy. Katerina uh, uses a vocal technique called wider voice. It's like open throat kind of singing. It's not traditional melodic singing. It was not pitching. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of singing. And she nailed it. Yeah, uh, that was one of my favorites. I I do not know what opinions this woman was talking about, but they <laughs> it did not represent uh, my own thoughts on on uh, the, you know, the performances she mentioned. And clearly it did not. It did not align with where the actual results came in. So it eh. did not. So uh, um, let's move on sort of the, the DNQ files episode part part of this episode so from the 16 artists we've had today we've had or yesterday we've had 10 qualifiers so we've had uh, Varoup for Lithuania uh, Manesia for Russia Tusa for Sweden Elena for Cyprus Tix for Norway Hooverphonic for Belgium uh, Eden for Israel who also I don't know if I mentioned it on the stream you were listening to watching um, she hit the highest note ever in Eurovision with a high oh, B6, wow. with that whistle tone. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Um, we've also got Effendi from Azerbaijan, Goe from Ukraine, and Destiny from Malta. But not everyone can make it to the grand final. There has to be some people who lose out. So let's sort of touch on these. Uh, so the first artist to lose out representing Slovenia was... Um, I'm going to butcher her surname, so I do apologise. Um, Anna Sokolic with Amen. How did you feel about that one? 
So this was on my list of those that I did not, um, it was not in my top 10. So I, I ranked the performances uh, as I always do. And of course, my top 10 would have been my 10 picks to move forward. And this one was not amongst them. So I thought it was very good. I recognized her from uh, 2019. I Sorry, 2020? Yes. Yes, 2020. Um, Years are hard at the moment. I'm sorry? Years are hard at the moment. Yes, yeah. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I thought that it was very well done, um, but not amongst my favourites. Yeah, I, 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 I question the um, choice of calling the song Amen, where the chorus, the refrain, call it what you will, is Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think she says Amen once. Uh, but all, all I can remember of that song is her going, Hallelujah. It's nice. Yeah. She's got a lovely voice. Yeah. I thought that, um, I thought, I thought that it was nice, but I don't know if, um, if I'm recalling correctly, but it did feel a little bit similar in vibe to what her prior song, uh, was like in 2020. Uh, I, I tended to rank the ones that I felt were sort of fresher, that was a little different and, um, a little outside, you know, the box, I guess. And, uh, that one wasn't, it, it just felt like something I'd heard before. I definitely preferred her 2020 song, Voda. Much Mm. better song. Right. Um, next, This One Hurt My Soul. Australia, Montana, Technicolor. Got robbed robbed oh i feel for her so much so um obviously she wasn't in netherlands um she due to travel restrictions they had to use her live on tape recording uh, that was recorded a couple of months ago and she nailed it that is not an easy song to sing because um the first time she performed it live was at like a a pride event in a stadium and you could well you could hear she was struggling with it it's a mm. tricky song to sing, and she nailed every difficult part of that song. Yeah, I am disappointed that this is not moving forward. I had this number three out of 16. It was one of my favorites. Um, I just thought that it was like unique and fresh and different, and uh, I, um, I'm, I'm really disappointed that we're not going to see more of this one. Did you have this amongst your top 10? It sounds like it. You did. Yeah, it was it was my number two for tonight. Mm, yeah, I love that song so much, and she's so nice, and she's been so sort of you know, uh, what what's the phrase I'm looking for? The way sort she sort of handled the defeat, gracious on Twitter. She's been like, I knew this was going to happen. I'm not upset. Yeah, I was ready for it. It was always going to be an uphill battle doing this remotely from Australia. Ugh, what a sin. So I really feel for her. I was actually very in line with the results. Out of the top, out of the 10 that are moving forward, eight of them were in my top 10. Um, so there were two uh, that did not align. And the two that are moving forward that were not in my top 10 were my 11 and 12. Wow. So um, like really, really uh, in line with the results. Um except for my number three and four, uh, which were Australia and Croatia. So it was like ones that I really, really liked that didn't move forward. This this was one. I can't, I am honestly shocked that it's not going ahead, but I mean, them's the breaks, right? I guess it's, uh, there's there's always going to be someone who uh, d- didn't get all their favorites in the final. 
Yep. Um, so you mentioned Croatia Rare also in my top 10. Uh, TikTok um, by Albina. Um, often I confuse. I'm like, Albania sending TikTok? No, that's not right. No, it's Croatia. <laughs> Albina from Croatia sending TikTok. That song slaps. It's so it good. It slapped. I loved it. I thought it was so good. I can't believe it's not going on. Like, I'm bummed. Those it, were really high up in my in my list of loves. If it was any other song in that um, sort of style that would have gone through, for me, um, out of, you know, I would say it was like probably a couple of songs that are kind of that kind of what I call slut pop. It mm. would have been Croatia for me, TikTok. What a great song. Yeah, a really good song. Um, yeah, Damn it. Good about that one. I really am. Another one that it wasn't in my top ten. Oh no, actually, I tell a lie. It was in my top ten. The the, the uh, third one in my top ten that failed to qualify. Uh, Vasil, here I stand for North Macedonia, and you know why I like this one, don't you? Do I? Because it's musical theatre as anything. Oh yeah, it absolutely <laughs> was. And I mean, like that sparkle shirt moment that gave you like that that was like such a fun Eurovision moment. Great moment. And it's one of the um, few rehearsals I've not managed to catch um, in the online press centre. It's just every time it was happening, I was just busy. So that was the uh, yeah. first time I've got to see, uh, I got to see that. And the last time, until you know, I watch <laughs> it again and again. Yeah, that one was really fun. There was actually a few that I kind of struggled with. And that was one where I was like, it was um, middle of the pack for me. And of course, with only 16 um, competitors, middle of the pack is on the cusp of uh, being in the top 10, right? And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so that one was not in my top 10, but it it was a performance I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on to Romania. So Romania said Roxon with Amnesia. Now, last year, I really didn't like uh, Roxanne's song, Alcohol You. It did nothing for me. This song is such a better song for me as a studio recording, and I need to emphasise that as a studio recording. Yes. Poor girl had nowhere to breathe in that song. That that was it. My notes are exactly that, that I liked this song much more than I liked this performance. And, um, you know, it's hard to fault a singer for, um, you know, like having trouble singing a difficult song live, but it just didn't do it for me. It was distracting that she wasn't able to give the vocal performance that some of the other competitors were able to. So um, it did score low for me. It was not in my top 10, but I think that a student studio recording of this song would be great yeah the studio version is really good and i love the staging the two don't go hand in hand because that is a again it's a difficult song with not many places to breathe so when you're running out of places to breathe and you're doing quite an energetic kind of routine that tells a story yeah that's tough yeah it's difficult so i i can understand and unfortunately the head of delegation has kind of thrown her under the bus oh yeah, so apparently the um, head of delegation uh, for uh, Romania said uh, that it was her lack of experience that costed them the uh, non-qualification for the final. Mm. Like, uh, Yeah, that's... Yeah, that you guys chose her? Yeah. It's on you guys? Yeah, I don't, I don't appreciate that kind of, uh, like 
throwing blame around at all. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. If you if you didn't feel that she was, um, I don't know, experienced enough to represent you in Eurovision, then why choose her? I mean, why why was she chosen two, for two years in a row? Like, yeah, dear dear dear. Indeed, and then the last uh, non qualifier, then the last non qualifier. So Leslie Roy for the Republic of Ireland with maps. Uh, this was this was one of the lowest scoring for me. Um, yeah. I I didn't like it. Uh, and, you know, not to repeat myself, but this was a song that felt like I had heard it before. There wasn't anything super original or catching. Um, you know my attention in terms of like freshness or whatever it just like it it was a good song it was fine um i also really did not like the staging on this did you so not? i love no. the staging that's why i like the song the song itself i'm like yes yeah, song's fine but i really love the use of physical effects and props on the stage and i really love <laughs> when they do that sort of pull away to reveal it's a stage hands kind of making a backdrop move yeah, I mean, maybe I'm being overly critical by saying that I really didn't like it. I mean, it was, uh, I, I guess I didn't actively dislike it, uh, but it didn't really do as much for me as I feel like um, the, you know, the the effort warranted. <laughs> so I, do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it felt like a really big production. And I think that it's cool what they accomplished, but for uh, the level of production that it took to put that together it didn't give me the big wow factor impact that y- you know you they likely would have wanted yeah I, I there's a lot of people saying it felt like it was a staging for her song last year story of my life mm, i don't like know that i book kind of effect and i can see where they're coming right. from maybe yeah um yeah, I don't know that I I don't remember it being uh, super similar, but uh, you know my memory is not is <laughs> not great. But I do think Kudos is deserved for the difficult job they had with that physical effects with, you know, forced perspective. I think it was yes. clever. I imagine that that was probably um, very difficult to achieve and um, especially because, you know, CGI and visual effects that are like digital effects are are probably easier at this point than the, you know, than a physical staging of props the way that um, that this was done. So you're right. I mean, like in terms of um, ingenuity and, uh, you know, sort of a different effect than, you know, kudos on that. Yeah. Well, that's all of our DNQs for this semi-final, but we've still got another semi-final to come up on Thursday. Um, obviously, let's not talk about our favourites because we'll save that for when we discuss the grand final. Yes, good enough. Um, were there any uh, any others besides uh, Australia and Croatia uh, I th- and then North Macedonia? Those were the three that were not in your top ten? And Ireland. Oh, Ireland was in Ireland your top, was in my 10. top ten as well. Yeah, so I only got six out of ten. Yeah, so a six out of ten uh, on your end, and then uh, eight out of ten for me. So we we still had a good uh, bulk of our favorites moving forward. So I'll look forward to seeing those in the final. We did, and also one point from the uh, press conference. Um, Katerina from Go A for the Ukraine. Um, she'd voted for um, Republic. Uh, she'd voted for Australia. Um, and she was saying when uh, that 
when they were the last to be announced, she was hoping that Australia were going to go through. So now all oh. I want is a Montaigne and Go A collaboration. That's all I want in life. Yes. Just become best friends and then collaborate with your incredibly unique and cool style. Yeah, that's all I want in life. And I'm not asking for much. <laughs> okay, Eurovision gods, make this happen. Make it so. Yeah. Right then. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>